This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. Is your insurance company forcing you to go back to work when your doctors say you can't? If this sounds familiar, look no further than my law firm. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm joined on the line by Colin Connors uh, to recap a emphatic Raptors victory as the Raptors defeated the Charlotte Hornets at home by a score of 127 to 106. This game was not close at all from start to finish. No, not at all. They, they pulled away early. They were, uh, the Raptors were honestly, seems like every single basket was assisted. It was like the perfect team game and the Hornets were not matching it whatsoever. <laughs> 36 assists, man. <laughs> I mean, 36 assists is really impressive and it really starts and ends with Kyle Lowry. Like, just his playmaking so far this season, um, you know, that w- the Washington game, he has 12 assists. And a game where I, I didn't really feel like anyone else was, you know, particularly hot. So I don't even know how he created 12 assists in the first place. He didn't have Kawhi in that game. But today, 14 assists for Kyle. Um, what are you seeing from his playmaking that's allowed him to, or what, what's different about uh, this season that's allowed him to get this many assists? Because what we've known from Kyle Lowry isn't that necessarily that he's necessarily like a, a high assist kind of guy, but this year specifically, he's he's really turned it on. I think the spacing this year has certainly helped him. They're not playing two traditional bigs. DeRozan's usually not, uh, not on the floor. So like last year, whenever he would share the floor with the bench mob and they had a bit better spacing, you could tell that he would uh, create quite a bit more. And he looks fast, man. Like he's beating guys off the bounce. He's getting, uh, he's beating people on ISO. I think he beat Cody Zeller and Biombo like about five or six times a day on switches and just finds guys. And like that, the, the lane's wide open for him. So it's like it's a, you, you can tell it's a lot easier for him to uh, get in and do his Nash creation and things like that. Like as soon as he gets a paint touch, he's looking to find someone every single time. And the shooters are there this year. Yeah, I mean, look, the shooting today. Like I think this has been the Raptors' best shooting performance of the year so far. Uh, they made 15 threes on 39 attempts, which is good for 38.5%. Kawhi uh, finally got his shot going. Kawhi with a very efficient 22 points on 14 shots in 31 minutes. They include some pull-up threes, but also just playing with a guy like Danny Green. Um, there was no Danny Green on the Raptors last year, like that type of player, where he could be consistent offensively um, while also uh, knocking down threes. Like Kyle didn't really play much with CJ Miles, for example. CJ Miles is probably the Raptors' best shooter last year. Um, outside of Kyle himself, but um, the, the passes of Danny Green are really nice. I feel like Kyle's also got a bit more chemistry with Serge Ibaka this year. I think Ibaka playing center has allowed him to play more like on the inside, and I think Kyle has always wanted to play with big men that run the floor hard and that can finish inside. Like you, We've seen it with Pascal. We've seen it with guys like Bebe, JV, and I think Serge this year in his new role I think he's finally starting to find some chemistry with Kyle because he's actually allowed to play inside more. Yeah, I certainly agree. He's got really good chemistry with uh, Abaka. Mm-hmm. Like every, uh, he keeps getting into like about like the eight foot, ten foot range, and as soon as the other big commits, he can just kind of throw it up. And Serge, like I don't know, it's not five years ago, so Serge isn't exactly throwing down alley oops, but he catches it and he gets that little floater range, little hook that he gets, and like every single time, Kyle's just putting on a platter for him. 
Yeah, and like I think Serge's, um, he his shot wasn't as accurate as uh, it usually is. Like his finishing is usually actually pretty tidy. He's usually about close to seventy percent, uh, which is really good for a big man. Um, mm. But I think like the first couple of games here, he's been a little bit sloppy. But today, I thought his finishing was much better. I think it was just calm. Like the Raptors kind of consistently found him on the inside. I think C.J. Miles fed him really nicely in the post. Um, uh, oh no, that was on that was on JV. But well, regardless, the Raptors just played well all around. Um, I, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Ibaka uh, today. I thought defensively, the Raptors did a really good job of just limiting the Hornets on the three point line. Like they had been shooting about 43s a game. So for the Raptors to hold them 28 is really nice. Um, and then they did a solid job on Kemba Walker, who's like you know he was leading the league in scoring coming into this game. He had won. Uh, Eastern Conference Player of the Month or of the week after averaging 35 over the first three games, but Raptors held him to 26 points on 11 of 22 shooting today. Like that's solid. I'll take that. Only two free throw attempts, only two three pointers. I'm good with that with Kemba. Yeah, I was surprised they started the game with Kyle guarding him. Mm-hmm. Kyle did an excellent job. Like every single time, he got right into his body when he tried to come off that pick. Because Kemba is so good at coming off the pick and ducking like right behind it for that quick little pull up three. But every single time Kyle stayed attached and he did that rear view contest. And even Van Vliet did a good job. Because I was expect I was ex- personally expecting them to start green on him because they started green on uh, Kyrie against Boston. But Kyle did an excellent job. Like he was he was honestly like probably the best player on both ends for the first few quarters before Kawhi really got it going. Yeah, for sure. Um Kawhi, let's let's talk about Kawhi. I mean, he really got it going today. Um his off the dribble game. Uh, I mean, it's very smooth. He's got a very smooth off the dribble game. Um, we saw it today, like he was confidently pulling up for threes. Um, and I think the little bit of rest, I think actually did help him a little bit. Cause I feel like this is finally the game where we see like his legs are in the jumper and he's not like uh, hitting short iron or anything. And, um, I think Kawhi, he just was very efficient tonight, man. Like plus 29 and 31 minutes is nuts. And <laughs> From to score twenty two points on fourteen shots is also great. Yeah, he definitely looked rested. His his three looked smoother than it has in any of the games so far. Mm-hmm. Like you could tell when he was coming up the court and he did that little open step from the exact same spot three times in like about an eight minute span just to pull it. Yeah, like a, in the Boston game, you could tell his legs were totally underneath him. He'd have to set it and gather for a second before he shoot that three. Mm-hmm. But today it was as smooth as ever. Like tonight, this was a very uh, San Antonio esque Kawhi game. Just twenty two points on fourteen shots. Very ho hum. It was like very about his business. It was it was great to watch. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's talk about JV a little bit on off the bench. Yeah. All right. Cool. Okay, JV was great. Like honestly, he got roasted by uh, Kemba about five or six times in pick and roll, which was pretty fun to watch. He looked a little bit Ennis Cantor esque, but otherwise on offense he was a load. They went small a bunch of times, and like old school basketball fans would have loved it. He was just abusing them down there. He was getting every single low board. He would roll hard to the rim and and Kyle would find them. If he was within six feet, he could just give a shoulder and get to a nice, easy layup. It was great to watch. Yeah. I mean, 17 points, 10 rebounds, two assists, two steals, two blocks, seven of eight shooting from the field in 20 minutes. Uh, It's incredible production from a center spot. I thought actually JV got off to a pretty slow start. Like you mentioned defensively, I thought, I mean, look, Kemba's just not a good matchup for him. Like anytime you got a, a guard that can shoot really well, like it's a good thing that Kyle was doing a good job of chasing him off the line, like you said, but, and coming from behind with that contest, cause like JV likes to sit in the paint, but like even a guy like, uh, uh Hernan Gomez, I thought he, he, he kind of, uh, caught JV napping for a little corner three there and it just looked defensively like JV wasn't quite active, uh, in the first half, but then in mean, the second half, I just, I felt like the second unit was a lot more solid. They were actually able to hold the advantage that the starters gave them. 
uh, and JV was a big part of that. I, I think there's been a bit of concern, I think, among the fan base that JV isn't as prominent as, you know, he could or at least that it was anticipated because, you know, everything leading up to the season was like, oh, Nick Nurse is such a big JV fan and things like that. But I think he's he's doing a good job off the bench. I think, like, the bench kind of really needs JV right now just to create that offense for them because um, without DeLon Wright in there and without Pascal Siakam pushing the pace, like, the, the generation of offense off the bench is really tough because they're people are taking away the three-point shot from CJ Miles. He like just hasn't been able to shoot. He's like two for 12 so far in the season from deep. Um, and mostly it just comes down to Fred Van Lee trying to create and like Fred's like solid, but like that's, he's, he's not like a Lou Williams type. This is not this kind of bench right now is set up for like a Lou Williams type to come in and, and you know, run the offense. Whereas like what we saw last year was like this egalitarian offense, everyone moving the ball, but um, are you worried about the bench at all? Because I, I feel like they don't really have much continuity. Yeah, I feel like once they get DeLon back, a lot of the concerns are going to be mitigated. Because okay. when, Norman, when Norman Powell's your second-year creator, like you're kind of in for a bit of trouble. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but Fred's doing a good job. Like His efficiency is like a little bit down from last year. Like His plus-minus isn't as like astronomical as it usually is. But that's just because he's playing with these weird bench units. But uh, whenever him and JB go pick-and-roll with that bench unit, like you said, they need JB there because him and Fred on pick and roll so far is just like it's money. Every time they go to it, they get something reliable. Fred can calm the possession down when like Norm tries to like go one on five and transition and ends up kicking it out. He gets it to Fred and he just goes pick and roll. But yeah, I think once Delon's back, Norm might fall like back down to like six or seven minutes like last year, and then things will kind of be good because like having Delon and Fred that can both create and one can like run a pick and roll on one side, kick it out, the other one attacks, and then that's when CJ is going to get his open looks and things like that. But honestly, I think uh, as people have been saying, like uh, I'm not super uh, high on the whole Siakam starting with OG off the bench. I feel like if Siakam was there to be that other creator, the bench would be a lot better because like he's. I feel like he's somewhat mitigated with the starters, whereas like OG could be a better fifth option than Siakam could. Uh, if Siakam could be like a second or third option with the bench, they'd both kind of be playing to the strengths a bit more. What did you think about that? Yeah, I agree. I think um, we saw that in the Celtics game where I thought Siakam was not effective at all in the first half and he played with the starters. And then Nick Nurse did a good job of adjusting his rotation so that OG ended up playing more time with the starters, which uh, helped spacing for the starters, which is great. I think this, the starting lineup right now with, with so much shooting around it is is, um, is really thriving. But um, Siakam coming back to the bench, it just makes sense. Like Siakam has great chemistry with Fred. I think Fred always wants to push the pace, but, like, when you look at the rest of this bench lineup, it's not really, like, a fast team. Like, he doesn't have Pertle, who was, like, one of the quickest bigs in the leagues last year in terms of just running the floor. JV, obviously, is not that. Um, uh, JV's more of a half-court player. OG is, like, he can't get out in transition, but he's, like, I don't know, man. He's just not really the kind of guy who can, like, catch the pass and then take, like, two, three dribbles and then go to the basket and finish. Although today he did have a really nice reverse dunk. I think OG's athleticism is really coming back to him. Um, And obviously CJ Miles is is older. So I I think Siakam does fit better with the bench. And I think right now the reason why Nurse wants to have Siakam with the starters is because, like, they are having some issues rebounding the basketball. Like, the Hornets got 14 offensive rebounds today. Um, and you know, like I think his thought is, well, with Ibaka in the on the on the floor, like you know, he's gonna give you like good pick and roll defense, um, but he's not gonna rebound the, the ball very well, and he probably just thinks that you know they need Siakam right now to get those boards. But then if you need Siakam to get those boards, then you're really cutting off his transition game, which like you know what I mean, like it's not a great fit either way. So I, I probably would like to see more of OG with the starters, like you mentioned. 
Yeah. I hopefully, hopefully he experiments with it a little bit more. Like, you know, Nick Nurse, he's not going to just like settle into one thing. So we'll see. Yeah, for sure. Um, one actually underrated trend I feel like that's really developed throughout preseason, but also is manifest in the regular season is, um, Kawhi and Danny Green have nice chemistry. I mean, we knew this because they obviously played so many years together with the Spurs, but Kawhi just consistently finds Danny for threes. Like, it's uh, today, Kawhi had a great uh, off the dribble possession. I think he was going one on one against uh, Cody Zeller or something like that, but uh, he obviously got past Cody, got into the lane, drew an extra defender, and then whipped a cross court pass um, to the opposite corner, which is like, A, I don't think Kawhi Leonard. Um, is known for his playmaking. I think he can kind of do it, but he's not really known for it. But I thought that was just a really impressive play. And I just think that Kawhi's always looking for Danny. I think Danny's always doing a good job of repositioning so that he's open for the pass and open for the shot. Yeah, you can tell a lot of Kawhi's assists are coming finding Danny. Like that one you're talking about where he like wrapped it around. Mm-hmm. Like he thrown, I don't think he would have thrown that if Danny was on the court because he knew Danny would find that spot in the corner. Like they just have such chemistry there. And even on the defensive end, like they're, uh, they're both like – exceptional scheme defenders like neither one yep. is out of place ever and they're always like telling each other like they're barking danny green's barking out orders all the time and they're mm-hmm. all both always like back in transition and even if it's like a five on three advantage for the other team or something like that they're so good at playing in space and getting in spots like you can tell they just know how to play off each other so well yeah the four-man combo of surge Kawhi, kyle and danny green have just been such a pleasure to watch because that's that's four like experienced like solid to excellent defenders um, and just to see them, the four of them play together is has been really fun on both ends of the floor, really, but especially defensively. Um, Danny Green today with two blocks. Danny Green's transition defense, man. I, I just love the fact that he's so good at transition blocks. Like he's like some like a modern day version of Tayshawn Prince with those chase downs. And um, Kawhi got on the board with two steals. I, I don't think we've seen the full capability of Kawhi defensively just yet. Um, but a lot of that actually just has to do with Danny Green doing such a great job defensively that like. You know, you would rather just free Kawhi to just keep expending his energy on offense, and he's done a good job with that. So, uh, really positive game all around. I mean, look, it's a one twenty-seven to one hundred six score. Like the Raptors, obviously, uh, you know, had control of this game from start to finish. Um, I would say that Kyle was the number one star tonight. Sixteen points, fourteen assists. Who's your Who's the second star tonight? I'd say it'd have to be Kawhi. We finally got to see like what a truly efficient game from him is. So, mm-hmm. and then third star. They're probably between Danny or JV or Ibaka. I mean, there's a lot of good candidates today. Mm, I'd say probably Danny. Like, okay. I'm, he's, he's starting to look like possibly the best matching salary in the past, like, five years. My like, God. The fact that he's just, like, a throw-in for $10 million, thank God he had a groin tear last year. Otherwise, we would have, some team, like, would be giving up a first-round pick to get him from the Spurs when they follow the playoff race this year. Mm. 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 Yeah, the Spurs. They're in trouble, man. They're in trouble. Mm. I, they're defensively like the Spurs have always been good defensively. I think they're twenty seventh in defense. I, I wonder. I wonder what changed for them. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I agree, man. So that's uh, Kyle, Kawhi, and Danny Green. Pretty solid one, two, three to have in your starting rotation. And then uh, in terms of a Gerald Henderson Award for the opposing, uh, I, I don't even know who really dominated us. I, I guess you can go with Hernan Gomez, but like. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. 11 points, 5 rebounds. Uh, you know what? Just give it to him. Whatever. Yeah. There's no one and else on that team, really. Podcast, too. Leo was pissed that the Knicks couldn't go. <laughs> Yo, I know, right? But you know what? Leo didn't mention that the Knicks had, like, five bigs. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I still don't think it was a great trade, but they got two second-round picks for him. Like, it's not the worst trade in the world, I think. Um, 
Also, shout out one time to Biz McBeambo. He's just he just loves playing in Toronto. There's so much love for him still, mm-hmm. um, and he just really relishes playing like you know one on one against the Raptors. To you know, starting players like Kyle went at him, OG went at him, JV went at him. Like it's just there's just so much love, um, yeah. and it's just really heartwarming to see. Man, you just don't see a lot of players always like leaving the Raptors and then coming back and. You know, just bigging up the team, and and and, and uh, Bismack's one of those guys. I would love to see Bismack eventually back with the Raptors in some capacity. Although he'd probably play as many minutes as Greg Monroe, who you know finally made his Raptors debut with four minutes today. Yeah, maybe in two years when his contract's up, and we don't have to pay seventeen mil. Yeah, yeah, maybe <laughs> when he's bought out, though. I if, if when he gets bought out, I would not be surprised if the Raptors picked him up. But yeah, uh, I... yeah. it's good. All right, man, Colin, thank you, thank yeah, you no for uh, doing the pod. Where can people read you and your work? Uh, I'm on Raptors Republic. I'm doing the QR tonight, and then I'm also at uh, the Dream Shake, not to plug an SB Nation site, but that's, nah, where, that's, I, right. that's where I do my Rockets work. So nice, nice. Two good teams, you, you yeah. know, Rockets West and Rockets East. I'm hoping they make the, both to make the finals, so I can maybe uh, cool all my way into some finals. Passes. That's what we we're hoping for last year. Yeah, yeah, but it did not happen. It did not. <laughs> we we got swept by LeBron again. Um, yeah. All right, there you go. We'll be back uh, with the Raptors. We'll be back with the Raptors reaction podcast on Wednesday.